0: Welcome back into the show. Good morning. And just a lot of different areas we're going to cover in the next two segments with a good friend of the show, State Senator Brent Taylor, in studio. Good morning. It's good to see you in person. I know now you're sharing your time with Nashville. She made it back last night and in town for a couple days. I am. I'm going back Sunday afternoon. I have a committee meeting first thing Monday morning. Ah, It's got to be exciting to be part of some historic wins, especially in the General Assembly. I think yesterday we saw two bills that you have been vocal about, one that would ban transgender surgeries for minors, the other criminalizing not all drag shows, despite what legacy media might tell you and the activists. That's not it at all. It's just certain ones, including those that include little kids. Right. And that passed the General Assembly yesterday, the House side, to be expected to go to the governor's desk. And he's already said he's
1: probably going to sign these things. Pretty neat. It, it is. And it, it really is great to be a part of something like that. If you remember, Ben, when I was uh, a candidate running for the state Senate, there was a, a drag show that had been uh, scheduled for at the at the uh, Pink Palace, mm-hmm. Mosh, whatever what they call it now. And if you remember, I, I said if I was elected to the Senate, I would do whatever I could to make sure that, that uh, drag shows, family-friendly drag shows, as they call it, aren't held on public property. And so the bill we passed um, in the Senate first, it passed the House yesterday, and you correctly stated it, it does not ban drag shows because it is an artistic freedom. Uh, it's guaranteed by the First Amendment. But what our bill does is it says if if you – Uh, perform a drag show that has period interest uh, and is sexually explicit in nature that has to be done either in an adult entertainment establishment or if it's done in an establishment like a restaurant or a bar that has to be age-restricted so that children can't view it. And uh, and I'm proud to have supported that bill. And then the other bill you mentioned, Ben, was the uh, gender mutilation bill. And, uh, and, And we put a stop in this state To uh, doctors who are uh, involved in this woke culture uh, that people want to identify as a different gender, Um, and we have prevented now from children being exposed to that and protecting children. As I said during the the debate, look, if an adult wants to make the decision to transition to another gender, I'm all for them. Whatever they want to do as an adult, they can make that decision. Uh, but I wanted to protect the right of a child to make that decision for themselves once they reach majority age. So we're protecting children in this state from those uh, those type of surgeries, and, uh, and other states are following as well. Tennessee, once again, is leading the nation on this. Absolutely.
0: And if you want to live in those types of states, we live in the United States of America. There's like 49 other options. And so I encourage you to check out California. Because they're still going to give you those accesses that are, I guess, fundamental to human rights. Representative Justin Jones, we've talked about him before. Here's what he had to say about the drag show bill, ripping it and really ripping the Republican-held General Assembly. Take a listen.
2: This is about erasing a group of people. It's about fear-mongering, waging a culture war. It's about manufacturing a crisis to distract from the failures of this majority to do the will of everyday Tennesseans. Because the truth be told, if we wanted to address the issue of obscenity and what is harmful to minors, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle would not need a bill in the House of Representatives what they would need is a mirror. It is this majority that until last year defended a member from Waynesboro who admitted to being a child molester when he was a coach, defended a speaker, the former speaker, despite his continuous acts of lewd and inappropriate behavior, including with interns. It was my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who defended a president who talked about grabbing women inappropriately with no shame. Representative Jones, if you'd like to stay on the bill, that would be great. This bill is about obscenity, and things that are harmful to children. If we wanna look at what is seriously harmful to children, let's have a bill to ban children from going to these Bible camps where they're being sexually assaulted with the Southern Baptist Convention. Let's go after the predatory behavior in your own districts, clergy in your own congregations. I wanna quote a drag queen, an LGBTQ activist, and an icon from the Stonewall Uprising, Marsha P. Johnson, who stated, how many years does it take for people to see that we're all brothers and sisters and human beings in the human race? You may not agree with going to drag shows. No one's forcing you to go. But don't try and erase the whole identity of people because of hatred and bigotry in your heart. We are constitutionally sworn and taken oath to vote against any legislation that is injurious to the people. Attacks on freedom of expression are injurious to the people. Violating constitutional rights, injurious to the people. Scapegoating and, and instigating violence against a group of people, injurious to the people. Hundreds of calls, not one person supported this bill. No one even knew this was an issue until the sponsor made it one be on the right side of history be about the issues that are serious to everyday Tennesseans who are suffering for denied health care poverty wages poor public education systems. let's not make issues just to win cheap political points let's not manufacture crisis to distract Tennesseans from the failures of this majority Rep. Jones you're off the bill
0: your response to that speech impassioned whatever it was
1: well he's just silly um and you can tell from his speech, if you want to call it that, uh, he's just an angry person. <laughs> and I would hate to to go through life filled with that much hate. And, um, you know, look, you can disagree. He's got a, a point of view, and it's different from mine, and, and I, you know, respect uh, his point of view. But I, I've never questioned his motives uh, in the view that he holds, and I think it's inappropriate that he would question those of us in the majority that passed that bill. Um You know he's a young man he's uh, I've met him once Um, he's you know very bright young man Uh, but it's unfortunate if he continues down that road of of continuing to challenge the House leadership uh, he will render himself irrelevant in the General Assembly crimes
0: committed by kids are on the rise I think you of all people are aware of that and it's something that you and your colleague John Gillespie have taken aim at in Nashville I think it's really getting to a point where we've got to do something now or we're going to lose them for good. 2,000-plus cars stolen to date since 2023. 80% of those are juvenile uh, criminals. They're juveniles. uh, 70% of the 80 are repeat offenders. So
1: something with the system is not working. What's going on? It is, and I I think... um you can look back. I think it's because there are no no fathers in the home. I mean, that's a societal uh, issue that, you know, we can't legislate that. Uh, So we are left uh, with a generation of juveniles who have never known uh, a father in the house, and uh, they're out committing crime. So all we can do is to create uh, legislation that I think will help stem the tide of this juvenile crime. So much of our crime, and you just stated, so much of our crime is uh, generated by, by uh, juveniles. And currently, when a juvenile is, uh, is apprehended and they go to, to juvenile court, uh, they get a, a sentence, uh, and they uh, once they turn 19 years old, they're released with an expunged record. Uh, So that's one problem, is that they get released at age 19. The other problem is, quite frankly, we don't have any way to incarcerate these violent uh, juveniles. Uh, We put an ankle bracelet on them uh, for community surveillance, and we've seen that the the minister lady killed last year by a juvenile, he had the ankle bracelet on, was being monitored. So we need to figure out a way to put funding so we can incarcerate the violent juvenile offenders. But also we need to pass... Blended sentencing, and I'll be glad to to talk about that. Okay, so blended sentencing is uh, that when a juvenile that is convicted of a violent crime, uh, they will essentially get two sentences. They'll get a juvenile sentence uh, that they'll serve up until age 19, and then they'll have an adult sentence that they will begin to serve uh, once they turn 19 years old. And uh, currently, we're just turning them loose at 19 with an expunged Mm -hmm. record, so with blended sentencing, They'll serve uh, time as a juvenile, then they'll go to adult prison and serve a sentence there. Um, now, some of the bill will allow a juvenile to avoid jail time in the adult prison if they meet certain rehabilitation benchmarks. Um, and but the good thing is that if they don't, if they go back out in the community and, and reoffend, they immediately go to prison to start serving their sentence that was stayed uh, while they await trial on their their second offense. So. Ah. Uh, The the bill has the support of Bill Gibbons, our former uh, district attorney, uh, and I will give him credit. I I campaigned. I was going to hold our new DA, Steve Mulroy, uh, accountable, but he actually supports this bill, and we've worked with him on that. Um, And uh, and also our lieutenant governor, McNally, has signed on as a co-sponsor. So we feel real good about the prospects of being able to pass uh, blended sentencing in the General Assembly this year.
0: Hey, you know, I appreciate that. About you because you will call out the district attorney and you've done that multiple times any time the district attorney signs on to something that keeps these kids off the streets I I will give him credit as well so there is a little bit of bipartisan especially on a Friday trying to find some good news nuggets of good news this morning that is one of them all right when we come back you're gonna stick with us because we've got to talk about bail and cashless bail and affordable bail why it is continually allowing violent offenders back out onto the streets also want to get your take on reparations gotta end on a fun note or a divisive note depending on who you ask all right stick around and welcome back gonna end on a little bit of a fun note if i can say that black panther angela davis She's now being asked to pay reparations. And you've got to think, Angela Davis was the offended, right? She is a far-left activist, a communist. She would uh, self-proclaim that. She's also former Black Panther. Well, she just recently discovered, while fighting for the cause of reparations, that she is the descendant of some of those select Americans who descended from the Mayflower. Now, joining me in studio From our last conversation is State Senator Brent Taylor. He's joining us, and I'm excited to get his perspective from the state side, what Nashville is saying. And this all goes back to the now conversation that all Shelby County ends are having about reparations. But let's take a listen to Angela Davis, the moment she finds out that she's now on the hook and will be needing to pay some reparations. Take a listen.
2: Any idea what you're looking at? That is a list of the passengers on the Mayflower. No, I can't believe this. No. My ancestors did not come here on the Mayflower. Your ancestors came on the Mayflower. No, no, no. You are descended from one of the 101 people who sailed on the Mayflower. Oof. That's a little bit too much (laughs) to deal with right now. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you may have descended from people who laid... Never the foundation never. for this country. Never, <laughs> never, never,
0: never. So that's an interview on PBS. Senator. Turns out, further DNA testing found out that that was on her father's side. On her mother's side, turned out, in that ancestry, there were slave owners as well. So now she's on the hook for reparations. But it comes back to the point of, in two thousand twenty-three, are we really going to take these steps backwards? To find out who offended who And who is now offended And we need to pay for it
1: Well, you know, the segment with Angela Davis Actually points, I believe, to the To the problem of Paying reparations today Look, there's no doubt that in 1865, 1870 When there was actually a Discussion of paying reparations To the, the freed slaves With the 40 acres and a mule um, And that never happened um, But the the problem today is if, if they'd have done that, you're actually paying reparations to those who are actually enslaved. The problem now, you know, 175 years later, the challenge is that that the races, just like Angela Davis learned there, is the ancestry and the races have become um, diluted to the point with that, that you're no longer paying the reparations because essentially she'd be paying reparations to herself. Yeah. And, and therein lies the problem of trying to, Pay reparations 175 years later. Now I know there's there's always a comparison that the Japanese who were interred um, in the internment camps um, mm-hmm. back uh, at, during World War II, but again, the ones who were actually interned in the camps were the ones that actually received the reparations. That, this has never been done 175 years later and
0: um, so it's interesting then that when americans two-thirds of americans actually oppose reparations this was a study done by pew research last year it's bizarre to me that somehow the shelby county commission is looking into using five million dollars designated for covid pandemic relief funds to study and implement reparations it's a strange move by the commission
1: Right. And when I first saw this story and the way, I was in Nashville and I got uh, several phone calls from people and text messages to the story. And I immediately went to Jason Mumpower, who is the Tennessee uh, comptroller and uh, the comptroller's office. What they do is to investigate local government's use of tax dollars. And I asked him, I said, look, you need to investigate this to find out if this is a legal use of uh, American Rescue Plan money. Uh, if it's not, we need to put a stop to this. But also, he was going to look to see if there was any legislation that needed to be passed in the General Assembly that would prevent local governments from spending any taxpayer dollars at the local level for reparations. Because this whole thing is is just it's it's silly. Um, I, I watched some of the conversations, if you want to call it that, on the County Commission. You know, and Ben, there's no need to send in the clowns. Uh, they're already here. <sighs>
0: Right, I mean, when you have one commissioner looking at one of her colleagues and looking at her skin color and
1: saying, "Your whiteness triggers me," unbelievable. I have been in local government uh, positions going all the way back to the mid 1990s. I was on the first uh, African American majority city council. I have never, never seen the type of overt racist language pitting one race against the other, uh, as I it was on full display the other day at the county commission. And you know, and and what. I don't even know what the commissioner's name was. Brittany to shame, Thornton. Uh, whoever. Sorry. I don't even want to commit her name to my memory, but <laughs> uh, I could use that gray matter for something else more important. But uh, for her to essentially say that she was triggered by Commissioner Mills, uh, she was really saying you need to check your privilege. Well, I would say to to Commissioner Thornton, she should consider checking her resentment. That type of resentment and hatred that we talked about uh, in the, the previous segment with uh, Representative uh, uh, Pearson, to walk around with that kind of resentment is not helpful. Yeah. And we're all in this community together, and I, I want to work with uh, everybody from every race to try to improve Shelby County. And if I could just say this, this one thing. Sure. This comes at a really bad time uh, because Memphis is making such inroads in Nashville. When I was first elected, I traveled around the state meeting my colleagues, letting them know that Memphis has unique challenges. We need help. Mayor Strickland did a really good job of building relationships uh, with the, uh, the General Assembly. And we're in a position now to reap the, the benefit of that. And Nashville is playing right under our hands. When they denied uh, uh, the a vote that would prevent the Republican National Convention from coming, uh, that got the ire of the General Assembly. And uh, so Nashville is on the outs, Memphis is, on, is doing well, and everybody in the General Assembly, I, and I was surprised, they're on Team Memphis.
0: That's encouraging to hear. I mean, maybe one day, is it too much to ask? Can you imagine if we had a Republican National Convention down at the FedEx for them. That would be, that would Wouldn't be great. Wouldn't that be incredible?
1: Yeah, and, you know, I know the criticisms are going to come when uh, they say that state's coming down, uh, the Republicans are coming down and getting involved in local affairs, and we're supposed to be the government that's closest to the people and so forth. Uh, but, you know, state government is the center of the political universe. We created the federal government, and states created cities and counties. And we're going to make sure that that our local tax dollars are spent wisely. And if if the county doesn't want the state down here in their affairs, they need to quit doing stupid stuff.
0: Well said. Couldn't say it better myself, which is why I'm not a state senator and you, Brent Taylor, are. Thanks for dropping by this morning.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you.
0: All right. It is the weekend, everyone. If you can't hear it in my voice, I'm excited. Hope you guys are, too. Stay safe, stay dry, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday morning. Have a great weekend, everyone.